0: look out of the case right over there and use it now i think he's 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 good he's all set all right um so you just you just took can you a can you hear me yes we can hear you all right hi i'm george techman here with steve the big cat anderson and clintavious warnerinsky that's an interesting gentleman <laughs> clint warner
1: to the uh you know,
0: uninitiated, legal minded folks. To anybody who's never been to the ATA show, it's Clint Warner here with us today. Clint, tell us what you're, uh, what you do at Easton.
2: Okay, George, I'm director of product development for Easton.
0: And um, as a result, you're in on all the 2021 products. And this is a special podcast to talk about exactly that subject. And in more than a hundred podcasts, do you know that we've never done a product oriented podcast? i do not i think we've talked about how many times have we talked about products steve
1: i mean it comes up but it's not the intent of the podcast right ever. whereas
0: this special podcast is intended to provide people mm-hmm. with info directly
1: from the source you know people who say special like w- spatial they say it kind of weird spatial this is, is a special podcast you mean it's we had a guy space. like that who worked for us a year ago spatial we had to get rid of him because he said spatial oh yeah Wow. <laughs>
0: well, that's not me. It it drove drove me you drove me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now, see, see what I told you about handling noise on the microphone, Clintavius? Yeah. There you go. I'm, You're trying to get... See, what folks don't see, if only this was a video podcast, people could see the elaborate efforts that Clint is making to create an ad hoc
1: Mic holder, yeah. Mic holder. Made, I just
2: made a new product, gentlemen.
1: I mean, part of the reason Clint is in the position he's in is because he's not ever really satisfied with what someone else has developed. This is true. So he, it's almost a, you know, an insult to him to think that we would hold these microphones with our hands when there's thousands of better ways to do it.
0: Well, better is a subject of potential debate, but I'd say he has found a solution that does two things right now. Do you know what they are? No. Besides holding the microphone?
1: I mean, one, it probably gets us some budget to order headsets. Okay. <laughs> which, which technically
0: is his area of, of responsibility, so you can have that conversation with him later. Him, yeah, or, him I, or Gary. I don't, know if,
2: I don't know if our listeners know, but in Steve's uh, paying profession, he's <laughs> a target product manager for Houston. So a lot of what we're going to talk about today was... Steve <laughs> brainchild. <laughs> the uh-huh.
1: paying profession. The other one's my artistic expression, archery. <laughs>
0: well, there you go. So that's, um, that's the situation as it stands right now. We're going to talk about some new stuff.
1: We and actually have a pretty... When, when I started doing this job, Clint was like, yeah, there's a lot going on here. And I kind of didn't believe him until you find out that every little thing you want to do takes between one week and six months. And it's like, man, it's hard to get these things put together. So, truly, was a lot of stuff going on, especially on his side, on the hunting side, um, on the target side. It was just more, more simplification. Our our product line was kind of hard to understand. You know, it's not like we were coming out and trying to replace the entirety of the product lineup. But there was a lot of there's a lot of little things that need to be done. There still are, and um, but we're we've improved. I do believe. Well, well I mean more- I,
2: it probably is worth a little discussion as to the current state of things you know i I like to when we when we talk product I mean someone you know once told me we oftentimes don't explain why you know why, why did we do what we do what what you know what do we see from from we have you know the fortunate um, ability to just, to look at the whole market and, and see trends as they're happening and you know where as users we kind of see things from our perspective and, and Looking at the regional influences that come into play, um, but I think it's probably would be insightful for for everyone to to kind of hear things from in you know, our perspective.
1: Well, that's why you're here. We so. are recording, right? Yes, we are. We've had that happen before. Yeah, well, not this time. One time, our best ever podcast was lost,
0: lost forever. We
1: did this killer podcast, and we didn't push record. And we just walked out. We're like, well, we we really can't replicate that. So we just left. So I needed to make sure. Was that the day that the leaf blower guy was out in front of the the (laughs) No, different day. No, leaf blower
0: guy was captured on a podcast. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was.
0: (laughs) But um, yeah, now that we're in a different location for the podcast, we don't have the the commanding view of the parking lot that we used to have. And so we don't see when leaf blower guy is doing his thing.
1: We're looking at that commercial bakery parking lot now. There is that. We could probably make
0: fun of their leaf blower guys. I don't know. Back on topic, gentlemen. You know, daylight's yeah. burning. Sorry. And Clint's got places to go, people to see.
1: There's a lot to be done. So,
0: you wanted to talk about this. Uh, I, I think, what do you say we do this by product and, and, and just run down the 2021 line um, by catalog page? I mean, you know, starting with the X10. And, and I think the big news there is no changes, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Pretty yeah. hard to improve upon that, don't you think?
0: No argument. But, Steve, yeah. X10 Pro Tour, you've got some new sizes. Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry, X10 Pro Comp, you've got new sizes. X10 Pro Tour,
1: unchanged. Uh, yeah. yeah, Pro Comp does have some new sizes. I know, I
0: saw Pro and I just went with Comp. It yeah, was my, yeah, my bad.
1: Hey, there are some changes to ACE.
0: There are indeed.
1: Yeah. We so stop, we'll get there. Let's stop at ACE. Here it's we are. The, uh, we have just four. parked
0: at the next page of the catalog, ACE, Fire away, yep. gentlemen.
1: Primarily, new four millimeter HL stainless steel break off point, which is an eighty to one hundred and thirty grain point, with a really cool black nickel finish. That is a good looking um, point. So previously, ACE, if you wanted eighty grain, there were two options. You could well let's just say, with the old ACE points, they were they were a longer shape. They weren't uh, you know modernized to, to the the pointy point that people like today. And they were 60 to 80 grain, 80 to 100, and 100 to 120. People have found they wanna go a little bit heavier and it's a lot easier just to make one product than to make three different weights of point. So we made an 80 to 130 grain that fits them all. Yeah, and and as you're gonna see in a minute,
2: that 80 to 130 grain point um, is gonna have applicability to other products we have, Right, we'll we'll get into that. But the... uh, but I think that, you know, why did we do this? I mean, we, we used to have three different points to support the ACE line, four, if you consider the light, but lightweight one, but now we have one. And so, you know, just- And it the, covers the full range. It does, covers, it covers the, the full range, range uh, one point to fit all sizes in the ACE. And, you know, from, from a purely business perspective, it's going to make it a lot easier for our dealers and distributors to stock and stay in stock for um, the product's, to support, I mean, let's be real, we have a lot of SKUs in, in the target space, especially. And the easier we can make it for our customers and for our consumers, um,
0: I think is is a good thing for all, win-win. So all of the ACEs will use the 80 to 130 grain number one HL point. Correct. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Um, in the past two it's been hard to determine what goes with what so um, we have greatly simplified our fitment um, fit charts and whatnot you'll see in the catalog that's going to be available um, really easy to uh, understand fit charts uh, for by size you'll be able to easily identify that and then we're also marking the new component with a visual indicator so there will be a ring machined into the point. So number one, number two, number three, number four will have multiple rings
1: according to the, the size of the point. Yep. Yeah, previously we had, every point was named after the model that it was created for at the time. So we had ACE, ACG points, you know, carbon one points. And if you got to an arrow like the ProComp, which is parallel, different size ODs, depending on the spine, now the pro Comp's using some of all those, right? Well, I had a guy who said, hey, I really want to use the pro Comp's, but you guys don't make components for it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. We don't make components called Pro-Com components, but really we, so that's why you're seeing this change from you know ACE point to four millimeter point number one. Same with the pin insert. The pin inserts all used to be model specific And now they're 4 millimeter pin adapter number one. Well, and
2: it Number two, number three. I worked for the company and I had a hard time understanding what fit what. It didn't didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. You had
1: the ACG, which had 15 spine sizes, and the ACG point only fit three of those.
0: Yeah, you needed a different point for a multitude of those. And, you know, I think that that is a function of having it, you know, sort of evolve over time rather than having it. Um, be formed from whole cloth at the very beginning. I think yeah. that's the kind of problem you run into when right. you have that kind of a... That's the,
1: that's the nature of, well, we developed the ACE, which was the first arrow that really took a 4 millimeter core tube, and then other arrows came from it. And, you know, what, 30 years later, the uh, ProComp pops up using the same core tube as the ACE. So, yeah, you, ha- you just have to clean up the line and eventually just change your nomenclature to to be what it needs to be. Now, so. I, I
2: think the biggest takeaway here on the ACE is that, and, and in general, is we are gonna be going away from um, naming things according to their model and more to the diameter of the component that it belongs to. So for example, the pin. We're, no longer is it gonna be an ACE pin, it's a four millimeter pin. Um, because that pin's gonna fit multiple products, it just makes sense that that's what we do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually, you know, and, and here's the deal. I understand somebody listening to this podcast is going, wow, that sounds really complicated. When you see it on com or in the catalog, you'll notice it's a lot simpler than in the past. Oh, heavens, yes. You you know? I
2: mean, you, you look at our new catalog, I could hand it to, you know, people that have very little archery experience. And, and the goal, and that's really the goal, what I told Steve when... We, we kicked off this project, you know, some months ago is we, we wanted to make it to where a lot of our parents supporting our young archers could figure out what their, you know, what their, their kid needed. Without
0: like, having to pick up the phone and right. call you or somebody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, that actually gives us a good segue, uh, as well as what Steve just mentioned, to pro comp which, as Steve mentioned, does use the same core tube, but has multiple diameters. Right. And so you have multiple sizes of the new 4 millimeter HL point to accommodate some of those, which are very clearly indicated yeah. in the new chart and the new catalog.
1: Yeah. So as we said, you know, it'll say, let's say you're looking at uh, Pro Comp 380 spine. So you're going to go over on the chart, and it's going to say, this is my favorite, because it'll say 4 millimeter HL point, number three but then you go to the pin and it's number four and there are going to be instances where that's different the points in the sure. pins don't necessarily share the same uh shoulder coverage because it's important say. to
0: note that we haven't changed the pins the right pins
1: have not changed they're no. not new they're just renamed so and,
0: and,
2: and the, again the why to that is you know as a lot of a lot of our listeners already know that the they prefer a pin with a larger shoulder as opposed to a point where you want
1: to flush fit. To protect yeah. the air. The point you want to so. flush, if the pin overhangs a few thousands, that's ideal. <laughs>
0: uh, this, is, this is the model of simplicity, though, folks. You're going to have to take my word for it until you see this for yourself. For example, the new Pro Comp 1000.
1: Right, yeah. Let, me, know, go, let me back up. The Pro Comp used to only be available to 570 spine. Now it's also going to be available from six ten up to eleven fifty spine. So seven new sizes. uh, Yeah, seven or eleven. And really, the
0: feedback we get. Oh, and and also on the stiffer side too. So more than seven. Yeah.
1: So we have that Pro Comp is available now from two fifty to eleven fifty spine. And that's always the
2: feedback we get. You know, you need a full line.
1: Total
0: of fifteen sizes of Pro Comp makes it a pretty full line. Yeah. This thing will work from two fifty all the way down to eleven fifty. And it works for compound, and it works for recurve. I think that's an important consideration when you're talking about those weaker sizes. They're great for recurve. You know,
2: and it, um, I think, again, this will parlay into, into some topics we'll get into in a little bit, but I think this is the modern-day ACC, really. Yeah. You, know, you, you it, think about what is the Pro Comp? The let's pro just comp, dive the, in. The Pro the ACC
1: comp. is dead. Yeah, we killed it. We killed it. We are sorry.
2: It was a, it was a golden calf for a lot of people. <laughs> Not a lot of people. Well five years ago, maybe more than today. But you know what, I I mean, I'm 42 years old. When I was getting into archery when I was 14, it was an aspirational arrow for me. I mean, it was when you arrive and you can buy your first set of ACCs. You're there. I mean, I felt really cool to get those. They were small, um... They, they were fast. I mean, in today's
1: was, world, though, they're not small enough and they're no. not fast
2: enough.
0: And, and therein lies the problem, right? In 1991, 19- yeah. when I joined Easton Van Nuys in California, uh, one of my first assignments was to do a new carbon fiber source for the ACC because the carbon fiber source that had originally been used for the ACC got uh, shut down. The company BASF basically went out of the carbon fiber business and I had to find a new supplier, which I did. And um, in fact, it was a made in USA carbon fiber at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, so ACC goes back to the very beginning of of my work with Easton back in 1991. In this case, you're talking about a product that a lot of people have loved over the years, both hunters and target shooters. This was not a lightly made decision. This was a very um, practical decision because of two things. You guys came up with something better and I believe that serves the market better. You yeah, have, and, and, and we're going to talk about something well, else I, momentarily that, that points to that. Yeah.
2: What I'll say to the ACC, and this is something probably nobody really realizes, but the infrastructure that it takes to support the ACC arrow is the same infrastructure that it would take to support. Because I think we had seven core tubes. Seven sizes. Seven, seven core tube, core tube sizes. sizes for ACC, which for those that don't know what that is, it's the inside aluminum core part of the arrow. When you make an AC arrow, you essentially are making two arrows in one. So you've you've got the carbon part you've got the aluminum part. But on the case with the ACC, it takes as much infrastructure to support that one model as it would for seven independent arrows. So imagine an X10, an X10 version two, three, four, five, six, seven. Imagine seven X10 lines it's what it takes to support the ACC and, another
0: and, way to say it is that ACC by itself was an entire arrow company
1: yeah right absolutely and, and in it's heyday when that was the arrow and we were selling a pile of them you could justify it but you know as it's become supplanted by other models and you know just the advancement of of archery it's hard to well justify and you can you, you know now. you
2: think about what does the pro comp offer you you it's Every bit as good of an arrow as the ACC was from a consistency standpoint and a, and a precision well, standpoint, mm-hmm. but um, you know it's smaller diameter, it's a thicker wall, you know, so it's it's more durable. It's, it's the product that the target archers are going to want. Yeah, um, you know, and it, it even has some hunting applicability too. So it really checks all the boxes and then some. And and you know, ACC was a favorite, and it was hard for us all to to make that decision, but. At the end of the day, it's a business decision that made a lot of sense, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to help pave the way for future stuff that we do.
0: Now, with that said, there will probably be availability of the ACC for some time. There's an, a certain amount of product out there already. Yeah, yeah. The,
2: yeah you know, our if, international distribution outlets um, you know, are, are play a, cr- a critical role in, in the supply chain to the market, and um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there will be some you know, available for some
0: time. But, you know, for sure we're seeing a situation here where you're getting a better product in the Pro Comp. Absolutely. And, and for those who say, well, yes, but the Pro Comp costs a bit more, right. we have another alternative. Yeah. And that's the next topic. See?
1: Yeah, our new Avance and Avance Sport. So the Avance is effectively a replacement for Carbon One, but it's, it's really not even in the same category. This is it's a whole a, different ballgame. Right. It's an all-carbon product. Um, four-millimeter ID? Four-millimeter. So it's going to use you know, a, a pin insert from one of the four-millimeter line. And if you want to use direct-fit knocks, you can use a four-millimeter G-knock or four-millimeter micro light knock. Um, well, and
2: I, I think with Avance, it's, it's just so that it's clear what the position of this product is, this product can go head to head with any all carbon four millimeter arrow from any manufacturer. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where our AC products really are in a class of their own, this is a premium all carbon target product.
0: And the Avance has um, something like uh, 16 or 17 sizes and it runs from 340 all the way down to 2000. So that's an ideal yeah. solution for those really lightweight recurve shooters looking for you know, a great beginner arrow that has um, the most advanced specifications at a reasonable price.
1: The, the right. beauty of this one is you have your Avance, which is a .0025 inch straightness, and you have your Avance Sport, which is the exact same arrow, but it has a little lower straightness grade at .005. Well,
2: and I, I, let's talk for a minute about what AccuCarbon's all about.
0: Yes. Um, the va- Back up and explain that, because nobody listening to this podcast has heard that term before, unless they've taken the time to dive into Easton marketing stuff. So what is AccuCarbon?
2: Yeah, so Easton and the way we make arrows um, is pretty unique. The way that arrows are traditionally made requires um, a lot of hand labor and you're actually hand wrapping carbon fiber sheets around mandrels and um, grinding off the carbon and whatnot.
0: Which is why every other carbon arrow manufacturer in the world makes their product outside the United States. Right, yeah. That's- except for Easton.
2: Because of the uh, the heavy automation involved um, that what we do, that's how we're able to still make them here in the U.S. Um, but really, you know, all that aside, one of the things that makes the AccuCarbon unique is it's truly a seamless arrow. So you think about it, and you look at the competitive landscape. For years, we've we've always graded quality levels based on straightness, and if and we actually started that, you know, back with aluminum product, you know, decades ago and um, it was the way that we were gonna define good, better, best. And, and that's great when you have an aluminum product that has perfect spine and perfect weight consistency, which is one of the fortunate benefits of aluminum. But when you get into the world of carbon fiber, you introduce a lot of other characteristics um, that affect the quality of the level of the arrow, such as weight consistency and spine consistency and things of that nature. And what AccuCarbon effectively does is it, by making it a seamless arrow, you end up with um, the best spine around the shaft characteristics of any product on the market, any all carbon product
0: on the market, I should say. The, you know, the, Accurate the, spine, 360 degrees around the arrow, is the most critical aspect of a good quality arrow that flies consistently from shaft to shaft. Yes. No matter how you have that knock oriented. That's the thing that people don't realize is that the Easton products generally never need to be spine indexed, unlike just about everything else. Well, and
2: I, th- I would venture to say if other manufacturers could do this, they would charge more for that feature than they're currently charging for like a, a number one, a 1,000 straight quality sort. I yeah. mean, it's, it's that important to, especially to finger shooters. Finger, shoot, finger shooter recurves, recurves um, <laughs> shot by fingers, right? are very critical to spine, Yeah, uh, and much it, more it, than it, straightness. It, it's
0: funny because uh, this morning, uh, as we record this, I did a uh, live stream of a WA recurve tuning seminar. And right. in that seminar, I spend quite a bit of time explaining why accurate spine around the arrow is very important characteristic for finger shooting and, and show why. So if uh, folks out there have a chance to, to watch that, you'll actually see some high-speed video that demonstrates very clearly why it's an important thing.
2: Yeah, and and then the other main benefit of an Accu made arrow is the weight consistency. So if you could take the walls off of our factory, and and make arrows, the the machines that these arrows are made on, if if left to their own devices, would produce an arrow that's on the order of two miles long, in one com- continuous length. And what that results all the in same, the, all, all the thing. same. So what I what I always tell people, what we try to tell people here is that. If you buy an arrow today and you buy an arrow 18 months from now, it's going to have the same spine. It's going to have the same weight characteristics. That's the benefit of AccuCarbon. And so, when you're buying that Avance, it truly is superior to any other all-carbon arrow in its class. For that reason, you're going to have better weight consistency and better spine consistency because of what the
0: AccuCarbon process does. Sure, and and I think that that is a you know quite frankly a thing that Easton marketing doesn't necessarily tout as much as they could.
2: You know, it's hard because it's not visual technology. And, and that's the thing we've struggled with for a lot of years is getting people to understand that it really is different and it's not just something we say. There's actually something behind it that's real. Um, but, you know, it's something that we continue to do because we feel like it's important that people know this.
0: Now, Steve, the components on the Avance and the Avance Sport are the... 4mm ML stainless steel point, which is a renaming of an existing point, right? Right. That's And it's all part one, of the simplification system. Yeah,
1: that's the carbon one point lineup, but just, again, it's going to be used in multiple lines, so it becomes a 4mm ML point. Uh, we're going to get asked, so we might as well cover it. People will go, what's ML and HL stand for? Mid-level, high-level. Got it. Simple. Okay. Um, but people think it's like some voodoo, right? They Even internally, they like people who don't need to know they want to know. Well, now they know. If they listen to the podcast, they know.
0: That was some inside baseball right there. Yeah. Because otherwise it isn't a very transparent thing. But it is easy to remember the difference. You're not going to confuse the two. Right. So, but and one, and the and the ML point is a stainless steel color point, not that cool black nickel. Yeah, it's but it's it not also costs less.
1: Right. It's going to be a lot less at retail. So. So, but the yeah, the Avance you know, and people might wonder why why that name is what it is, Avonse But Clint named this. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Clint. it's
2: you know I think we're an international company, and um, a lot of people here in the United States, you know, see the name. It doesn't necessarily sound very English American, if you will. Um, but when you're uh, you know selling to a global audience, I think naming product in a way that a lot of people can understand and relate to is important. Um, you know we all have a lot of us have heard of the joke of when uh, General Motors named the Nova and, and tried to sell it into Latin America and, and, and it didn 't do very well, right Nova nova doesn't go <laughs> So you know naming's important, and so this is a, is a name it has a Latin root Avance means to advance in multiple languages: French, Italian, Spanish, to name a few. Um, they can all relate to that name. On, you know, so we, we're just trying to, to make a product that is really suited for the audience in which it was intended.
0: So is this next one the Inspire? No, just kidding.
1: <laughs> That's what they call it in a lot of places. <laughs>
0: Inspire actually. Carbon is unchanged, and um, we're looking at, uh, at that next, but uh, still on the Avance Sport.
2: Yeah, actually, Avance, avail- we have two models
0: coming off of that, so... Yeah, Steve
1: alluded to the Sport earlier, right? Right. go ahead. It's oh, sorry. Straight, It's just a straightness spec.
2: Um, well, the Avante Sport is—I I consider that a pretty big deal. I mean, it's in terms of where it's positioned, it's going to be replacing our Apollo. Um, but the biggest advantage here is the weight.
0: Yeah, the performance is better Absolutely. than the Apollo. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, way lighter got, than the Apollo. You've
2: got con, a comparable straightness spec, but the Avante Sport is significantly lighter than the Apollo. I mean, you think about, um, in a, you know, a beginning recurve shooter as they're getting comfortable with their bow, they start going out beyond, you know, 18 meters you know, to 50 and then to 70, um, they're gonna have trouble getting that distance out of their sight if they're using a heavy arrow, too heavy of an arrow. So the Avante Sport really is gonna help them um, reach out to the longer distances at a lower uh, limb limb
0: poundage.
1: Sure. I think it's a great club arrow, you know? If there's gonna be a pile of arrows in a corner, we've all been to those clubs, like uh, say Neem, where you, you walk in and there's a bunch of arrows in a tube, and you pull from that tube and fire away. You know, that's, that's
2: actually um, one of the only target arrows that we factory fletch yeah. as well. So Avante Sport um, is available that way. Now, for our American audience um, in the United States, I think in the past we've struggled to, I think, to get dealers to place our Apollo product because we didn't offer it in a dozen bear shaft configuration from Easton, we were requiring our dealers to buy, I think, five dozen minimum in the bear shaft. So we also yeah. are making that easier, more available in more um, configurations to get it, make it easier to buy Yeah, and encourage more of our dealers to, to pick it up. But, so you're
0: making it more consumer friendly by keeping the price reasonable and you're making it more dealer friendly by not making them buy a whole ton of them at a time.
1: Yeah. You know, if, you're, if you're like a barebow archer, or it could be a very ideal arrow for you as well
0: well you've got a size for everything right with bare bow you're really limited to making adjustments to either bow weight or fick, picking a spine right. and you've got tons of spines for these things yeah, now, and i do you like, a, like
1: on this one you have the two grades so if you want to have some arrows you want to just huck around for practice and then some now i don't know arrows, if you can do that.
0: I, I forgot if we
2: already covered this but avance sport and avance have the same technical specifications yep, we for covered GTI. that it's okay.
0: basically the as steve mentioned earlier it's, it's basically the it's, same it's arrow it's just the difference is how straight yeah you it's know, a it's, good better type arrangement. Uh-huh, yeah, sure and i think that um you know in the real world easton's 5000 spec is comparable to a lot of competitors two and a half spec and that's the truth i mean that's my personal that's my personal experience is if easton calls out five thou on something your competitors have been calling it out for less than that but the reality is even five thou is a pretty shootable arrow
1: you know clinton i did a week-long uh Audit of every arrow on the market, basically our own, every competitors, you know, and we found the strengths and weaknesses, and we're we're taking that as an opportunity for us to have you know our our kaizen, our continuous improvement. Um, but I know what everyone else is putting out too. They can't hide from me. <laughs> can't hide from the big cat.
0: Speaking of big cats, did you see that video? Yeah, guy that guy wasn't that big. I would have fought d- it. But still.
1: Personally, that guy, I'd have he backed my away. Pets,
0: I'll tell you there. He would have fought it. Did you hear that? I, I,
1: he said he would have fought it. I, well. He backed away. That was like a 70-pound cougar. That little cat would have beat this big cat, I promise no, you there. Well, no. No. I would just... have
0: been <laughs> tore up, but I would have won the fight. I don't know. I, I believe that I would have gone with the what I call the Mike Pistelli option.
1: <laughs> the guy didn't have the Mike Pistelli option available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is why I, when I am in an area... Do you know what the Mike Pistelli option is, Clint? Uh, I, I have
2: a pretty good idea uh-huh. of the Mike Pistelli.
0: Yeah. Heckler and Coke. That's all I'm saying. Those are the only words I need to say. <laughs> Done. He
1: didn't have his Heckler
0: and Coke on him. <laughs> no, he didn't. He did not have the attitude to use one either. From what Wait, I Wait, but tell. I'll tell you no, what. No,
1: he said in the video, he's like, why don't I have my Heckler and Coke? Yes. Anyway. Well, it puts it into perspective. We're talking about this guy who was mock-charged by a cougar here in Utah Well, for like followed six him down a trail straight. for yeah. six minutes. The thing followed he, him.
2: Here's the thing that gets me on that, and now we've just totally
0: derailed the conversation. This is cares? what we do in this the podcast. This is part of the podcast,
1: he Welcome to the, the Club. Of, by the way,
2: you're
0: going to be a regular guest because you're really good at this.
2: He had the state of mind <laughs> to get on his freaking phone and film it. Who cares well, what anybody thought. thinks?
0: I had the same thought.
2: Save your life for crying out loud. It's like, like I, how
0: scared are you? Yeah. You thought to use your phone. I'm going to film this. Maybe social media will care. You know, I had to go through. <laughs> I was down in Arizona last week, <laughs> and I'm, I'm at a, a firearms training academy, and I'm going through a shoot house where we have a force-on-force force drill. I don't know what that means. It means that people are shooting at you with 600 foot per second rounds that really leave a mark if they hit you, so you, were, you have a real good incentive not to get hit. Anyway, we're going through this drill, and the exercise starts, and the scenario is you're in your house, and you hear people breaking in, and you need to get up and deal with the problem. There's a phone in front of me. Did it occur to me to dial 911? No, I went hunting. I should have dialed 911. No, you should have filmed it for social media, do it for the gram. Same idea. That's why I brought <laughs> it up. Anyway. You know what,
2: though? But to the guy's credit, he did everything right.
0: You know, you, He didn't you, get eaten, if that's well, what
2: you Well, no, but I mean everything they tell you to do if you encounter a mountain lion, he did. He didn't, he, run. he didn't run. He faced, faced it, it,
0: backed he, away. He backed away slowly. I no mean, argument here.
2: And he filmed it. He
0: tried to for pick up out rocks. Loud, he did
2: everything right. And in, in, in today's world, filming it's probably number one, right?
0: I don't disagree.
1: It's interesting as, as we a do a podcast we've with come him to. To. But this guy, he said he tried to pick up rocks, and every time he bent down to pick up a rock, the cougar would do that mock charge, right? Oh. But yeah, I don't know how we got here. Uh, well, we were talking about
0: a number of things, and for some reason we we switched off on this. Back okay. to uh, Inspire,
1: Inspire, In back <laughs> to the Inspire. No major changes here, although previously the Inspire was only available, the, the sizes that were four millimeter, which is your 750 and weaker, they all had a 50 grain point. Now that point's 70 grain, so and,
0: we change that. And the two biggest sizes of Inspire use five millimeter components. Correct, The yep. two stiffest. Yeah, no, no
2: change yep. to the product. Um, we. Again, just in, in the theme of simplification, all of the components that Steve just alluded to have been renamed just to, instead of there, there being inspire
0: points or whatever, they, they are just four millimeters ink, five millimeters ink. Yeah, because again, uh, simplicity, right? It, yeah. and, and the charts are so much clearer this well, year. Well, and
2: we want, you know, we want these components to be in the line for multiple years. And if we decide to make changes to aero models, um, we don't want to, you know, cause complication if we're going to add or, add or delete arrows in the future. So yeah. we want our components to be um, descriptive.
1: That's okay. pretty much uh, pretty much it for for the target. We should talk on stuff. the carbon legacy is uh, oh yeah yeah a very cool new all carbon. Well,
2: hold on now. We did quite a bit of new adjustable point weight offering. Yeah, this in, is in true. Bigger diameter aluminum and super drive. Steel. Right,
1: so that is still yet to. Uh, be available, right? But well, in here, fact, um, in fact, all
0: the arrows, in, all the new arrows that we've talked about, are available.
2: Um, right around the first of the year, right? Yeah, there might be some stuff creep in a little sooner, but right. January first or so. Yep. Um, you know, and with all the a lot of the events and and disruption that's happened to the market, that's better for timing. Yeah. Um, for most, from what we've been hearing from most of our yeah. customers. So.
1: Yeah, going back to what Clint was alluding to, we uh, we had point weight options that didn't really make sense for our aluminum target product, such as uh, X23, X27, RX7. Um, what else? Some of the SuperDrive stuff. So all of those will now have an adjustable weight point option. So no one is using a 100 grain point in a 2315 anymore. Very few people. So now that point will be 100 grains with the ability to adjust it up to 210 um, especially important in the RX7, where you know that that weight adjustment is going to be ideal for recurve shooters wanting that large diameter shaft for indoor archery. So that one. Yeah.
2: So basically, what yeah. every every major indoor size, yep, in aluminum or carbon, will have uh,
0: has some adjustable adjustable weight point availability, yeah. which gives it a lot more flexibility.
1: Right, and now you don't, you know, there was. There was, uh, it, it was one source for your arrows and then you had to have another one for your points, right? And that was kind of a pain for the consumer because if you wanted to get a 200 grain point for your 2315s, okay, you've got to order that separately. For the dealer, that's kind of a pain. So now it's one source plus the ability to tune with an adjustable weight point. You know, if you want to try 180 one day and 200 the next, have at it, easy change. What else do you want to talk about, Clint?
2: I, I, I like what we're doing. Um,
0: we've got to touch on
2: yeah. I, let me talking, talking to your mic. So we got the 6.5 um, branding. I think to our target people, maybe a lot of you aren't aware of what we've done with Easton 6.5, but a couple years ago, we we got rid of our Beeman brand and um, folded the Beeman brand um, into the Easton brand. So we, we created a new... Um, a category of arrow called Easton 6.5 um, and and introduced a lot of products into that. One of the products that's applicable from the target standpoint is um, the 6.5 Matrix, which is a replacement to our Easton Hyperspeed and Hyperspeed Pro. So new this year... So some of
0: our compound shooters are certainly going to be interested in this.
2: Yeah, Matrix 6.5 Matrix is the highest performance arrow at a great price, Is is really what that's positioned for. It's a lightweight, standard diameter carbon arrow that's great for 3D and bow hunting.
0: Acucarbon construction.
2: It is acucarbon. And one thing that makes Matrix unique is, I I said earlier that acucarbon is hard to understand because it's not visual technology. What we did on Matrix is it is visual. It actually has an outer carbon fiber braid on the OD of the shaft where it's very easy to see that that's uninterrupted all the way around the circumference of the arrow. Sure.
0: One thing that caught my eye is all the new colors of stabilizers you guys are doing this year, Steve.
1: Man, I forgot everything we did. Yeah, I was ready to like call it off. The Halcyon is now available in the standard black that it came in previously, but also red, white, and blue options. And I think they look freaking stunning.
0: They'll be very popular in Paris uh, yeah, in uh, really
1: 2024. I th- really like the white. Um, Contour CS yeah, stabilizers. I, I put me in for white. Yeah. Please and thank you. Yes, sir. Contour CS stabilizers, right? The, the initial version was white. Then we added red, blue, and yellow. We've uh, dropped the yellow, but we've added a black version, which looks really cool, so too. So this year you got red, white, blue, and black.
2: Correct. And, and, uh, in both models, which it's, it's really... You're, you're spot on with the aesthetics of that. I mean, they, they look sharp, um, and, and people love to dress up their bows, and, and they're going to love how these new stabilizers look. And, and for those you know, when we've done the stabilizer test drive events, um, the feedback we've received on our colors has just been outstanding. And so I'm really excited to see uh, more colors in our stabilizer
1: line. People like the colors. Um, I had an Olympic archer who tried out the original Contour CS, told me it was the best stabilizer he'd ever tried for a recurve, and asked me if we had it in red. At the time, we did not. So he said, oh, well, I have to use red stabilizers, so he didn't use it. So obviously, even to an Olympic-level archer, aesthetic was more important hey man, than The middle game comes into play, it's part, yeah. of the, it's part of the deal. He's got his red theme, I guess, so. Yeah, you won't find me on a blue motorcycle. And adding to that, you know, we have uh, a new stabilizer. This is, if you're the type of, let's say you're at a level where maybe you've got some students or you're just getting into the game, um, the new Z-Comp stabilizer. We had the Microflex previously, which was a really, really great performing stabilizer for the price point, but it didn't necessarily have the look that people wanted. It was a little more uh, graphic-y, a little more cartoonish. The new Z-Comp is the exact same stabilizer, which is a good bar. Very similar to our Z Flex, but not quite the uh, not quite as high modulus as carb of carbon, and also a little smaller diameter. Little, it is a little smaller though. Yeah, uh, but very good performing stabilizer, and has looks that are also well, and great. I, I think it looks like a halcyon. It's
2: important for people to realize we sell these things in large part at the price we do because of what we pay for them. I mean, you, when you you want a stiff stabilizer, um, when you want a stiff stabilizer, you're you're gonna pay for it and, and therein lies the price.
0: It, the really for, stiff stabilizer materials are insanely expensive, yeah, that's and, and the yeah. problem.
2: But the, the point I'm trying to make here is is the quality level of our Z-Comp is, is a very high quality um, even compared to the, the others. And the difference really is it comes down to stiffness. And so if you're a shooter that doesn't need stiffness because you prefer to use less weight or if you just don't want that much feedback coming back to you from the bow, um, you know, having a, a less stiff stabilizer can can might be desirable for you. So it's not just I'm a beginning archer; I should buy this stabilizer. I no, mean, you
0: can you you know very well from running the booth, absolutely. the try-it booth. People They're, have different perceptions of feel, and some people really appreciate a stabilizer that's got a little bit of feedback yeah. to it.
2: And and so I th- the the reason that we we wanted all of our stabilizers to look the part because they all can conf- they all could absolutely do the part. I could see a top-level shooter, an Olympic shooter, using a Z-Comp. Oh, absolutely. That's true. Absolutely.
0: Because again, you know, some folks have different philosophies about how much mass weight they want to run on the stabilizer. And those who run lighter mass weight may very well prefer the Z-Comp. And Steve, the reason I brought up the diameter thing is as much as anything else, advantage in the wind.
1: Right. And that's where stabilizers have gone as they've kind of hit the limit of, okay, we don't want stiffer because it hurts. Now they've started reducing diameter yeah, and, 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 to and maintaining same. stiffness. And to the right. credit
2: of Halcyon and Contour CS, those are smaller OD and smaller diameter than Z Comp. So they are higher performance in that respect. Yeah. So for an outdoor competition, absolutely, they will outperform the Z Comp. But my point is, is simply don't always let the price you know, set your expectation for the quality of the product. Well, people
0: people do tend to do that, especially in an affinity sport like ours, but I think that your point is very well made. What we have with the Z-Comp is a product that can perform at the highest level if you prefer that feel. You know, a lot of folks go and stick expensive rubber dampers on the end of really stiff stabilizers and defeat the purpose of the really stiff stabilizer. They do. When they could run something like a Z-Comp and have a really nice feel without extra stuff to come loose or to spend money on. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the other things that, uh, as we get ready to close out, as we're approaching, uh, 45 minutes here, one of the things that you have always been passionate about is the soft goods, the yeah. gear, you're a gear guy. You've always been a big gear guy and you've developed some new bow cases and other things. Spend a little time. Yeah. On that.
2: Well, I mean, it was the gear that got me into my role at Easton. So. When I first got into product development for Easton, um, that was where they they assigned me was to to expand that accessory category. So we started with quivers and bow cases, and it expanded from there. But new this year, we've um, improved our roller bow case, our travel case that we've sold. Steve's been using one, I don't know since what. I've been using the prototype for 13? almost two years. Well, now. Well, the new one, but we've yeah. had a roller bow case in our line for oh yeah, yeah. for what seven years or so. Yeah, something like that. And um, you know, we've learned a lot over the years. I, I've always felt like the one we had was top of, you know, top of the line, best in class for sure. But um, I am really, really, really excited about our new bow truck. So what is the bow truck? First of all, we wanted to give it a really cool name um, to set it apart. Um, it's the bow truck because it is a truck. You know, it's, it holds your bow, but it, it's really a rugged product. Um, without going too crazy into fabrics and whatnot, we are using...
0: You could go all day oh, about man. the details. So th- this guy, when it comes to the technical fabrics and the technical, you know, the denier of the Cordura and the, the, the bearing size on the wheels, folks, you can definitely count on Clint to educate you.
2: Well, the, the, the takeaway here is there's not a better textile on planet Earth than what we're using to make this thing. Um, We're using a Cordura ballistic nylon from Cordura, which is made of the best, strongest uh, Type 66 nylon on the market. And there's nothing better. They use this stuff in airbags. Um, It's very, very, very expensive. And we didn't stop there. We actually coated it with a a clear... um, abrasion resistant coating on the outside which is also
0: water resistant to a degree
2: yeah yeah it adds some water repellency um but but by putting that on the outside of the fabric it creates an abrasion barrier and we put that on all the high wear points of the bag we improved the wheels beyond our original one we added um, outside in access to your center compartment pocket so you know you could access the interior
1: storage compartments through the outside of the bag which is awesome you don't have to set the bag down oh like, say you're at the airport you well you've lived ground. with this
0: thing for more than a year running yeah. the prototype so tell us about it
1: i mean you get to the airport you know hopefully ready to someday somewhere yeah and you you go oh shoot i forgot to put the uh i forgot to put this in my case well now you you don't have to set the whole bag on the ground open it up you know dig into the compartment you can just unzip the outside put it in but um and that's a cool feature but, but, you, the but main you can room,
2: also you're not going to spill the inside the right. guts of the bag because you have to go through two zippers to get to the
1: inside so right. it's,
2: it's safe it's a safe way to access it
1: yeah so the, everything in your internal compartment is going to be retained but uh as clint was saying the materials are the important part you know i was going through a bow case probably every 50 flights or so oh yeah and so I'd, I'd use, in, when I was traveling a lot with Team USA, I'd use about two cases per year, which is not, you know, it's not great if you're buying those at retail. Thankfully I wasn't, but not everyone gets to do that. Not everyone's going to fly 50 <clears throat> times a year. And, and it's
0: not because of the quality of the cases you were buying as much as it's just how stuff gets handled by CSAs airlines. is
1: just abusing
0: them. And there's only one airline that, I, or two airlines that I, I really trust to carry stuff in a way that seems to come back the same way I sent it out. And that's,
1: you know, they're both in Japan. <laughs> so, well, here's the real deal though, is I told Clint, I said, I can't use the travel cover because if I put the travel cover on and I put everything in my case then that can't I need to take stuff. to a world cup, I'm 56 pounds. I need to be 52. Right. So he said, all right. And we started working on how to shave weight. So that's why the middle wheel disappeared, which I hated the middle wheel anyways. But the new wheels- Why, the middle
0: wheels usually disappeared anyway. Yeah,
1: the, the new wheels roll way smoother. They're way quieter when you're rolling over airport tile, which may not sound important, but no, you it's get important. the two cases rolling next to you and you'll, you'll enjoy that feature. Uh, and then the, the material is just so much better. You're not gonna wear through it well, in and, and 10 and you, flights. There's
2: other people making cases and they use nylons. Um, they use a lot of polyesters that are out there. Most use polyester, some use nylon. Nylon's twice the price, but Cordura is not the same as regular nylon. They actually twist the fibers together in a certain way that's different from normal nylons, and, and you get way, way, way better abrasion strength. Right. And if you don't see the Cordura tag on a product, they're not using it a lot of times they'll they'll say cordura this and that but it's it's like the word Kleenex it's it's just referred to a certain type of fabric but it really is the real deal the bag is awesome the Once, zipper
1: is great too oh
2: yeah the, we actually used a brand new zipper technology from YKK that it's a stitchless zipper so they they actually weave the zipper coil into the zipper tape through a weaving process so with normal stitched in zippers if you cut that zipper um, thread the zipper could unravel. And this new uh, zipper is YKK's best luggage zipper. I mean, we really... We ha- I had no cost ceiling. I mean, it's fair to say you pulled out all the stops it. on this. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to our supplier and I said, I want to make it as best as we can make it. There is no cost ceiling. I just want to make the best case we can make, and that's what we've done. Yeah. Now, wonderful. there is a w- one last thing on it. Yeah, go ahead. We, we have a little strap on the outside of the case that you can strap multiple things to it. Yes. Very handy. Huge improvement. I mean, I travel a lot myself for business, take that thing around, and I cannot tell you how handy that is to trailer hitch the thing to other bags and to get around an airport.
1: Yeah, so I take this and I strap my OGO to it. I have an OGO 9800 that I stick all my clothes in and whatnot, and I am just pulling one bag. That way I don't have two hands full. You need to open a door or whatever. You have a bag train going. You got a bag train going.
2: Yeah, now this one is a 47-inch long model. So it's going to handle any bow that you can put in it. Yeah, the, the people who always bows. are
1: wondering are the people with the PSE Super Focus XL. Yes, it will hold that.
0: That's, that's um, one of the longest bows on the market these days, right? Yeah, that tip and the Invicta
1: tip. 40 with like, my size cams there. Yeah. And, and as Steve charge.
2: mentioned, we do not sell a travel cover for it.
0: Because it doesn't, uh, need, one, doesn't really. need it. really. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and you're saving three pounds of weight.
1: Yeah, my stuff fully loaded, I'm um, 52 pounds, so that's fully loaded with two sets of stabilizers and weights and all that. So. And,
2: and then we just made some aesthetic improvements to it as well um, that, that just refine it, um, added a better, more padded handle, so it's comfortable to pull as well. So all in all, it's a, great, it's a great new product. So
0: now we need a recurve size one. You need to get on that one. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, there's a lot of recurve shooters out there that Absolutely. would appreciate the same qualities in a case, so... I think it would be a great idea personally
1: yeah, it, I mean, I know a lot of people aren't you know necessarily needing a case like that, but if you are traveling with your bow, I really prefer the hybrid cases over the hard shell cases because your stuff rides inside way better
0: and you can add things you never you never seem to need less space when leaving something
1: right right but uh, this one will this one will be your if you're flying a hundred times a year, you might need one every few years, but If you're the average archer who's going to maybe a tournament or two per year, this is going to be a lifetime case for you. (sighs) And you'll be able to stick other stuff in it too if you have other hobbies that would require use like that. All right.
0: I would say that for our inaugural first ever
1: product-centric podcast, I bet people love that they're just hearing about this stuff but not seeing it. You know what I would like to see? Let's get some comments from people as to what
2: they would like to hear about product-wise, because I think there's a lot we can do to just educate, and I would like to help answer those questions Okay. And educate
0: the so you can email Clint at Easton by emailing Clintavius at... <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> That's not his email. Yeah, as. We
1: can, when we drop this podcast, you know, along with the uh, official launch of the catalog, we can probably uh, stage it with, listen to this podcast, any other questions you have, you know, something like that.
0: Sure. I think that that's absolutely the kind of thing we could do. And, um, you know, it will drop on our Easton Target Facebook page the same time the catalog is available. And that will allow people to comment on Facebook. On we're Easton only going to drop Facebook. this
1: podcast once. I know we were going to drop the catalog twice. I, I think I'll With continue drop to drop one this already having
0: occurred. <laughs> a little while.
1: <laughs> I'm not the one that put In case the you pod. didn't know, George launched the. The target catalog too early. You, you told us uh, at the beginning of the show. I'm reminding everyone at the end of the show.
0: Well, but if you really look at it from a certain point of view, it wasn't me because it was live on the front page <laughs> of
1: the Easton. <laughs> when I was target working at Hoyt, I website. think it was 2016. No, no, I was not working at Hoyt then. It was like 2014 and. If you went to Hoyt.com slash catalog, blah, blah, blah. Oh, somebody figured it out. Yeah. Some guy just went in and changed 2014 to 2015 and hit enter and it loaded it. Uh-huh. right. Yeah. And he got like, we were in sales meeting launching this new product to the reps. And all of a sudden they're like, look, it's on Archery Talk or something. Yeah. And, no, and, I, I uh, heard about it. Yeah, that, that was sweet. I don't, people don't care about arrows enough to do that. You know, it's not It's a exciting. very small
0: number of people who have that much of a, of a passion for this. Yeah. At least two of them are in this room at the moment. So. You really
1: got to want to see that stuff. Well, to... it's the digital archers, right? Yeah.
0: Well, um, the digital archers. <laughs> we had more than that. Really. But I'll say yeah. this. I, I think, and, and all joking aside, this is one of the cleaner um, looking lines that I've seen. And I think it's going to be very clear to people despite the um, you know, the last 50 minutes of us rambling about it. When oh. they open that catalog, it's going to be a breath of fresh air, I think, from a simplicity standpoint. I think that's the biggest improvement you guys have made.
1: Well, and as we said, anything that we discontinued is still going to be available in the marketplace for, oh, for you know, quite a, period a while. Of time. Yeah. We do need to address uh, our friend and listener, Rojafazan Juan, who is devastated about the FMJ match being discontinued. He was the guy who bought it. Yeah. Um, they will still be available.
2: <laughs> the guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's two. All right, so fellas. They will still be available for you. Um, don't sweat those if you need to get some. Just not from us. Yeah, I mean, it, they're going to be in the distributor pipeline, though, for a decade. foreseeable future. <laughs> hey, there's
0: still there's still ACC points that Easton Could, ordered back in 1998. You know what? I'm just going to stand
1: pipeline. up. And I'm just going to tell the story. This is Inside Baseball. That's why we're here. When we developed the FMJ match... Um, George was actually in the process of developing what would become some other arrows and they went oh let's do this and engineering decided that the FMJ match was the arrow to have and they I'm not going to argue
0: about it because you know
1: they asked in a forecast meeting how many we should forecast and I stood up and said 0 <laughs> And I remember that. I was very passionate about that. I said zero because no one will buy this. And certain people looked really <laughs> hurt. Yeah, they got kind of upset. You know, uh, here's the
0: thing: there are two <laughs> ways. There are two ways to get a product to market. You can push it or you can pull it. Yeah. A lot of stuff we've done in the past has gone either way.
2: Yeah, and you don't always, you, you know, your bets don't always. Oh. The Play dice out. doesn't always land no. how yeah. you want I mean,
0: it. there's been a number of products like that. I can't blame the guys for giving it a shot because they saw they had a clear vision for what they thought it was. They believed in FMJ. Yeah. yeah. Because of success well, on the hunting think, side. Yeah, yes.
2: exactly. We we thought that you know FMJ is a really cool thing for Easton. And,
0: and I'll say this um, for a very small group of users, yes. that arrow is a very good solution it to made a, a problem that you know that, that they have, which is they're shooting into target butts made from sheep. Uh, wool that's, you know, uh, well, stuff think, like that. And yeah,
2: but if it, it, th- really, it all came down to weight. I mean, if the thing could be lighter weight, we'd probably still have it. But that's what ACC's are all about.
1: So yeah. that's why Pro Comp is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was, a, it was fun. Anyway. That's the uh, inside scoop on FMJ match. That's an awful lot of inside different from baseball. Different from our match-grade FMJ hunting arrows, by the oh, way. But completely the one different. we're referring to is the silver one, in case anyone is confused. Something you'd never go hunting with. Right. Yeah. But it was fun. I'm sure, like Rohafazan Juan says, it's a great arrow. He likes the arrow. There are a select few people who it will work for. But for everyone else, I would always have a better recommendation from Easton for what they should be using.
0: No argument here? All right. Well, so, uh, presuming that preceding section actually makes it through the edit process, well, eh. as if we have an edit process, uh, I think we can wrap it.